0: Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland. James, where are you? Not in your normal um, um, short magazine, Lee Enfield lined uh, uh, crib. Where are you?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the goal Hanger offices actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I've come up to town. I, I suddenly realised I'd made a massive logistical cock up because <laughs> I completely forgotten that I've got to do a talk in London tonight about Big Week. Big Week. Yep. Right. Yep, yep, yep. And we've got various things um, booked in today, special guests and whatnot that we've got to talk to. And I suddenly realised that I would have to cancel that unless I got up to London very early. Yeah. Um, so hence why I'm here. And very nice it is to be up here too. See all, yeah, no, see so, all the gang. It, um, it, so that's yeah. all nice. Um, I and mean,
0: it's a bit tidy. It's got a kind of screensaver vibe in a way that your normal uh, backdrop doesn't with sort of tanks. No, and but
1: honestly, my, my, um, my, my man cave at the moment is just absolute carnage. It's just... It's gone completely to pot. You know, I'm yeah. I'm full flow in in casino, and yeah, no, it's it's my whole desk is strewn. There's not much 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 room, and um, yeah. <laughs> but I will tell you what, I've got tell you, I came across this absolutely extraordinary story. So I'll be doing. I've been doing air power and, and whatnot, and, and the decisions yeah. to move the strategic air forces to Italy and why that was such a big part of the whole um, Italian invasion in, in September 1943. Yeah. And one of the things I came across was the fact that, that you know, the, the Bomber Command was also hitting northern Italy at the same time as they were roughing up the Italians from the south, in the you know, right. in the Germans, in, in the run-up to the invasion. So we're talking about kind of middle of August 1943 now. And have you ever heard of Flight Sergeant Arthur Aaron? No. Nope. Okay, so this is an amazing story. So, Bomber Command sends over a whole force to go and attack from Britain to go and attack Turin and Milan and Genoa on the on the nights of the I think it was the eighth, ninth, tenth, 10th, tenth, uh, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth of August.
0: So it's getting it's getting the works then.
1: Yeah, and they're getting anticipated, and they they, they destroy in, in Milan, for example, they destroy fifteen hundred. Houses, damage another fifteen hundred, eleven 1, hundred people killed. It's yeah. a, it's when they, they destroy that church which's got the last supper on, and the yes. only wall of the refectory which is still standing yeah. after the bombing is the one with Leonardo's The Last Supper on. Mm. Fortunately, survives. Yeah. But might not have done. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. But anyway, Arthur so Arthur Arthur Aaron is a flight sergeant, he's twenty one years old and he's flying his short sterling. Uh Uh-oh. And um, uh, anyway, he's flying over Turin, and suddenly he gets shot at. And the wind scream and then the the Stirling is smashed, and he gets hit by a bullet in the jaw, which smashes his jaw and takes off half his face. Right. And he immediately slumps forward, hits the control column, and it goes into a dive. And the flight engineer, obviously no co-pilot, the flight engineer who's on the dicky seat next to him manages to pull him back, recover, and they get him out the crew get him out of the of the pilot seat and take him to the back of the aircraft where they give him morphine but he feels bad because they're all in the crew they've got you know they're all they're, they're five hours from bone yeah. airfield in, yeah. in North Africa where they're they're due to land you know where they're heading back to the nearest port because it's one of those ones where you go on and fly on again yeah yeah and um, so he still he comes to and he insists on being taken back to the pilot seat despite having half his face blown away. Dear God. Gets back in the seat, and they manhandle him into the seat, place his feet on the rudder, and obviously, you know, he's incredibly weak, but he manages yeah. to get a grip and, and flies him most of the way back. Then eventually just, just collapses with exhaustion. Yeah. So yeah. They, t- they remove, they take him off the seat again, and the bomb aimer takes over. Oh, my God. The bomb aimer takes over, and obviously he can't really speak anymore because half his face is gone. Yeah. So he writes instructions because by the time they're getting to within to close to Bone, yeah, it's been five hours since they've been around near Turin. Yeah, they're running out of fuel, and what are they going to do? So they've got to try and land the aircraft at Bone. So hell. the landing strip is all lit up with the flare path and all the rest of it. Yeah. And Aaron, Flight Sergeant Aaron, writes with his left hand instructions for the bomb aimer about how to land the plane. And they do. Christ. And they all survive, apart from Aaron, who, had he just been left quietly to his own devices at the back of the plane... Might, might have survived. Might have survived, but dies of... of Not of, of having half his face blown away, but dies of exhaustion and blood loss nine hours later.
0: Jeepus. Is and decorate? he gets the
1: posthumous yeah posthumous Victoria Cross and well, I should hope so. and I, Yeah, quite right
0: too. <laughs> I thought you and were going to say no, nah, no, no, that didn't happen. No, right. Yeah, gave
1: a DFC. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, you got a VC. You got a VC. I've, I've yeah. just never come across that one. I've no. never heard about it, and and I can't fit it in my book. It just doesn't work for all sorts of reasons. But what a story! Goodness yeah. me, twenty one. Yeah. It's the same yeah. age as Ned.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But anyway, gosh. That's Fun. quite something. Now, now, uh, before we get any before we get any further in, um, uh, those of you who listen regularly um, uh, uh, will know that we we the last two years um, hosted a festival, a history festival, a Second World War history festival. We have Ways Fest, as it's known, um, uh, uh, near um, uh, Buckingham at a place called Black Pit Brewery, which is actually right next door to Silverstone Racetrack um, uh, in North Bucks, and. Uh, just off the M40. It's dead easy to get to from all yeah. over the country. Come easy. 843. It's the 8th, 9th, 10th of September, isn't it? Friday yeah. Friday through. And the tickets are now on sale, but at the moment, exclusively until the 12th of December for our Patreons, the people, the independent company who have signed up for our Patreon. Um, and tickets are £125 plus booking fees and VAT. It's a full day on Friday, a full day on Saturday, Tanks going boom on Sunday morning to send you um, uh, trickling home um, at the end of, at the end of the festival. Um, uh, There will be talks. There will be music. There will be stuff to watch. There'll be, um, uh, g- gripping panels. Um, there will be our listeners speaking. We're going to have a sort of "We Have Ways" festival fringe, with our listeners are talking about the things they want to talk about. I'm hoping for a history of helmets myself. Um, Adi <laughs> Bond. ady Bond. We want your helmets, and we want them uh, uh, in <laughs> September. Um, uh, but basically, um, after the after the 12th, which is a week a week, uh, which is on Monday. Next week. Um the uh, tickets will be available to everybody. But you know, the benefits of membership and such for the Patreon uh, listeners is that they, they get to jump the queue by by a few days. Um but the last the last two um were fantastic fun. Um uh, I mean that's the main thing, is they're really good fun. Um I've never been to a festival before where there were no arseholes. Um unless of course it's me. That's the arsehole. but I've never been to a festival that, that seems so they where they seem so thin on the ground, um, and we'd love to see you there because we know how much you love War Waffle, and this is the this is the sort of um, War Waffle. It's like the biggest Second World War speakeasy you could ever go to.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? And and it's great to get some of, a lot of the friends of the show, so you know, familiar yep. um, people that we've had on, and um, and terrific historians as well, and yep. and chewing the cud. Yep. And it's an opportunity to meet everybody because although you know, I don't know, you know, Max Hastings, for example, last year might turn up to do a talk. He's you know they're on hand to to chat and yep. to be accosted. There's yep. also just huge amounts of hardware yep. uh, and a huge amount of knowledge. Yeah. Um and, and it's great to be able to share that and have a few ales and have a bit of a laugh
0: yeah. as well yeah. and, and and make it a bit of a gathering it's, it's Yeah. So it's great it's, fun. It's that the 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 second full week or the it's the first full weekend of September I think it's I think that's right. Um anyway so it's the, the 8th night 10th um and we look forward to seeing you there. That's enough but that's enough um uh late stage capitalism um uh plugging. Yeah. Uh, Jim, what have you been up to? Because uh, so yeah, I've had
1: a I've had a really interesting time actually. Um, I, I've I've been in Northern Ireland, which I'd never been to before. So yeah. a, a, a friend of mine is the GOC, the General Officer Commanding, <laughs> um, which obviously used to be um, a general's job back in the day. Yeah. Um, and it was quite interesting to see some of the people that had had been GOC Northern Ireland, including Alan Cunningham, who's of course first commander of yeah. eight fair, um Eight army. Yep. Yeah. Uh, back in the day in um, 1941, sacked early 1942. Yep. Yeah. In post by forty three or something like that, yeah. uh, and the one the guy before him is Franklin, General Franklin, who is of course his commander, of Frankforce in the BEF in um, in um, <laughs> in northern France in in May nineteen forty. So um, very interesting. Anyway, he was over there, and so we, he he lives in our village, and um, uh, and so there he and his wife are mates, and uh, he invited us over. And we thought, well, what a great opportunity! And it was fascinating. I I, I was I was really struck by so many different factors, really. Yeah. Um, you know how, how brilliant it is in, in many ways. How there's still kind of a lot of poverty and a lot of um, a lot of division in certain parts of Belfast, but other parts which are completely thriving. Yeah, and we did have a look at the old Harland and Wolf shipyards, and and there was a sort of wistfulness there because yeah. obviously this was, you know, once such a hub of shipbuilding. You know, like the premier, along with sort of Greenwich, it's the it's the premier hub of shipbuilding, and yeah, and and Britain had, you know rolled the waves on the back of its shipbuilding capacity. And and you couldn't help feeling a little bit kind of wistful. We went we went to the Titanic mu- Museum and stuff, which was excellent, I have to say. It was really, really good. What it was particularly strong on was the process of building these ships. Yeah. And the scale of it, the scale in terms of, of the numbers of people employed, the scale in terms of the size of these things compared—you know—when you're thinking that, I don't know, keel of Titanic was laid down in 1909 or something. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a long time ago in terms of technology. Yeah, uh, and it was absolutely enormous. And of course, they weren't just building Titanic; they're building Olympic at the same time. Yeah, but then, of course, you start to sort of think about—you know—what it's up to in the. What, what's going on in, in the Second World War. And, and you know, Northern Ireland plays such a big part. It's absolutely incredible. So check this out. So between 1940 and 1945, um, Belfast, Belfast shipyards produced 140 warships, 123 merchant ships, and 130 repaired or converted vessels. I mean Blame that it. is something else, and then Short and Harland, so Short as yeah. in Stirlings, as in Sunderland's. Yeah, they produce in Northern Ireland alone. They produce twelve hundred Stirlings and one hundred twenty-five um, Sunderlands.
0: Gosh, I, I mean,
1: mean that's the, a huge amount, and that's I, and that's not it because, of course, right. the other thing that Northern Ireland has is has this incredible linen industry. Yes, so of that gets completely rejuvenated by the Second World War because obviously there's a lot of requirement for webbing linen needed. and linen yeah. so a lot of the webbing is made in in northern ireland yeah um, but the biggest so they make 200 million yards of cloth in yeah, northern on. ireland well <laughs> and 90% of army and armed forces shirts so they make 30 million shirts
0: wow oh, but the thing is jim the, 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 where's the stick where's the steel coming from because because that might be the output but that means Northern Ireland's sort of shipping um yeah. uh, uh, uh effort the docks yeah. the, 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 the the you know the, the stuff right. to the stuff to supply and and then and then export all all of this yes you know you got to you you expect it exporting 30 million shirts from Northern Ireland you know so so yeah. it's completely plugged into that effort as well yep um uh, cuz you know this F- fine. The, the steel's produced, I don't know, in Sheffield or wherever, and then it, you've got to get it to you've got to get it to Northern Ireland to build ships, haven't you? I guess. Or are there steelworks in Northern Ireland?
1: I don't know. I, I, I think you you must right. I think you must get the steel over there, mustn't you? I yeah, mean. yeah, yeah. So this, uh, the bottom line is 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 you can't just suddenly start producing lots of. Well, you can if you're Henry Kaiser in America, but but if you're <laughs> Britain, you can't just suddenly kind of create a huge shipyard out of no. nothing. No, you know, which is why Holland and Wolf, which is this huge enterprise of its huge gantries and all the rest yeah. of it, um, is is such a big thing because they've got they've got the know how and they've got the you know, and it's really interesting because th- these guys aren't just building ships; they're also kitting out ships. Yeah. So there's also huge workshops making kind of you know bed bunks and cabinets yeah. and yeah fixtures and fittings and compasses and, you know, it's literally the whole lot. So it's just this sort of, you know, over there is the warehouse that, that builds rope yeah, and, and wire and chains. And over here is the kind of warehouse that is doing, you know, cabinets and fixtures and fittings. And over here is the actual dry dot where they're, you know, the actual yard where they're laying down yeah. the keel and et cetera, yeah. et cetera.
0: But you can see why after the war then also when that all contracts and disappears, that you then you might get political problems if you've got um, correct uh, divided yep. communities within those yes. industries, you know yeah, with, absolutely. Within that industrial area because it's not I mean the other thing is, is all this comes in and it's not a big place. you know it's, no, it's, sort of, it's tiny Belfast. It, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean yeah. you know we're not talking Manchester here or no. or even Cardiff. It's, it's a pretty small place, and the docks are you know they're phenomenal. And they've increased in size. They've they've sort of reclaimed some land from the sea and stuff into yeah. into the into the loch. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. Now it's you know now the what, part of the & Wolf shipyards is home to King's Landing. Yeah, um, where yeah, they built yeah, the of set course. of King's Landing there, and they've got film <laughs> studios and stuff. And interesting, the old drawing offices of Hollander Wolf are uh, are now the Titanic Hotel. You know, obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's interesting, and and the other thing about Ireland, which I hadn't really appreciated, was was that you you know they're a bit like Canada, they're exempt from military service. Yes, of course. So it's just volunteers.
0: Yeah. So although, so, as, although as Joseph Quinn said, that that they they do very well with recruitment because people are coming from the south to to sign up at northern yeah. recruit, recruitment offices. Well, do, do you know what
1: the do you know what the split is between north and south in terms of volunteers? Go on. It's literally fifty fifty. So really? it's forty five thousand volunteers from, from Northern Ireland from the six counties. Um, and it's 44,000 from the rest. Amazing. And it becomes this incredibly important training ground. Yeah. So it's a huge training ground because, of course, you know, it's not completely free of of, of enemy action, but it, but it is more so than elsewhere. Yeah. And, of course, Northern Ireland is quite empty. You know, it's not a particularly popular space. Um, you know, the whole of Ireland has a, has a population today which is lower than it was in 1850 before the potato mm. famine. Yeah. So, you know, there is quite a lot of space, all things considered. So something like three hundred thousand British troops are trained in North Africa and um, Northern Ireland, rather, and, and one hundred twenty thousand Americans. Because interestingly, the thirty fourth yes. Red Bulls are the first to come over at the end of January in nineteen forty two. Yeah, and they're immediately taken to Northern Ireland where they do most of their training. Yeah, yeah. Hedley That's Verity, of course, that we talked about before. Um, the Green Howards they're training in North. Uh, they're training in Northern Ireland in nineteen forty two before they get shipped over in nineteen forty three. Yes, yeah, it's, so it's really, it really is absolutely fascinating. And then you've got the whole kind of coastal protection stuff. So there were lots of sort of, you know, gun positions, coastal gun batteries and stuff all, all around, protecting the harbour, of course. And there and was also a terrible blitz, yeah. a terrible blitz, where it was good, where Belfast gets absolutely hammered in the middle of April 1941. You know, they're slightly moving away from London, and this is just before the Liverpool Brits, the beginning of May 1941. So middle of April, I think it's something like the 15th, 16th, 14th, 15th, something like that. that, that kind of, that time um and it's the biggest single loss of life in a night in a a night i think in the entire blitz wow like
0: 745
1: killed my god you know it's a proportion of the size of a city of course it's 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 massive yes it's worse than coventry it's worse than liverpool and they're flying coastal command out of northern ireland as well aren't they
0: yep they absolutely are so western approaches patrolling and stuff
1: Yes, and they're not supposed to fly over over Republic of Ireland airspace. Yeah. Yeah. But they are all going over Donegal. And there's yeah. a kind of there's a kind of sort of fudge where it's not explicitly allowed but but
0: equally you know. Yeah. They they really let it go. Let it go, yeah. yeah. Gosh, it's interesting. Well there the 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 the, our, the Republic government is under pressure from the Americans anyway to Yes it to, is to to to, to um be sort of um positively neutral isn't it that, that yeah that, that's actually the direction of political travel towards ireland during the war very much comes from the u.s government yeah um who who, who really who really lean on them um actually um and the, the, the which makes the picture more complicated simply than ireland ireland is neutral um uh, now so so uh, and and if your friend was former GOC Northern Ireland, does that mean he he was involved in like winding it down, or?
1: So so I've got uh, well I've got two because I've got I've got this this friend of mine who I had lunch with the other day. It turns out he was GOC of Northern Ireland back in two thousand five <laughs> or something like that when right. um, Mike Jackson was was um, yes uh, CDS and yeah. he was involved in winding it down. He was a general in those days. My friend is a brigadier, but but right. you know the the responsibility on his shoulders is just yeah absolutely enormous because basically yeah. everything on the ground militarily is is kind of falls under his jurisdiction and yeah. and you know yeah. whether you like it or not yeah. you know Belfast Belfast and Northern Ireland might be thriving in many ways but there's still a huge number of problems and yeah you know it's it, it is and the, the issues haven't been resolved and. You know, it remains it remains conflicted and, and tense and but you know i, I first
0: know. went there when i first went, i mean and we're wildly off topic now but um of of this podcast list i first went there i must have been 92 to to do the uni i think um and i remember you know yeah, it's lovely isn't it queens yeah it's lovely and I, but i remember helicopters and i remember you know cops in armored uh, you know in bulletproof vests and gut cut with guns mm-hmm. and then i went again i think probably 10 years later and there was a fired earth tile and fancy paint shop and I thought, right, on the in the same place where I'd seen cops with yeah. guns, and I thought, right, things have changed here. Yeah,
1: things yeah, have changed yeah, yeah. Here now.
0: You well, know, the it, centre it, of
1: Belfast was absolutely heaving. It was yeah. it was pollulating yeah, yeah. with people. Yeah, yeah, it seemed incredibly vibrant. All that they're they're completely rebuilding all the old shipyards and docks and stuff. Mm. So it's going to be called Titanic City. again obviously um and that was all fine but then you know you go down the shankill road or falls road or whatever the murals are all there and it's pretty passes. And there's still the peace wall yeah i mean what the heck what's that all about so you know it's 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 really a place of um incredible extremes Uh, and then went to a lovely lovely pub in the evening near hillsborough and um, it was just literally the best Elvis impersonator I've seen in many a long year. I mean, vocally, he was a pretty good match, I've got to say. And also, quite interesting, he started off as 70s Elvis with the kind of, you know, the Lionels and, and the kind of, you know, the white tassels and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and then, then mid-set, he changed into G.I. Elvis.
0: Oh. <laughs> it was a very strong look, That's I've got the to best say. Elvis. G.I. Elvis is the best. GI Elvis,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, we, we diverge. But it but, really but, um, so but, but it was really, really, fascinating. But by my overall kind of impression I got from it was one of sort of I just I just felt a bit wistful. I felt a bit, oh God, you know, this place was, you know, it was it was such an epicenter in the Second World War, and obviously before that, you know, 50, 60, 70 years before that.
0: Well, Glasgow. Glasgow the same, I know, than, you know, know centres of imperial industry and um, and you know. That- but you just feel
1: sad that 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 shipbuilding capability has yeah. capacity has gone, yeah. and that that those yeah. those sort of years from an industrial point of view and an output point of view are kind of are, are no more. But I think yeah. there's plenty of hope for, for Northern Ireland. I have to say, I mean, looking at the number of tourists and yeah, I mean it's sort of slightly weird that you can go in a kind of red top open air bus. And go down the Falls Road as a tourist.
0: Yeah. But
1: that, oh, look at, look at you know or, or you know sort of go oh look at that Bobby Sands mural. I mean it's yeah. just it's sort of now it's a kind of a thing to sort of gore pat. Yeah. Well, that, the,
0: but that's for the that that's that's better than the, the what it was before, isn't it? <laughs> wow. A mural to gore pat is better than the anyway. I, yes. I, this weekend, um, funnily enough, um, this weekend I was at the uh, um, launch of the Spike Milligan um, archive. Yes, documentary that's on that's on Sky Arts this Wednesday nine o'clock. Yep. I'm saying that because I'm in it. Um, and they gave the, so in the program there's Joanna Lumley, Eddie Izzard, uh, uh, John Antrupus, who wrote some Goon shows with Spike, and, and he must have been ten years his junior at least when he did that. Spike was in his 30s by the time he, he was doing the Goon show. Um, and uh, Safraz Mansoor and a bunch, basically a bunch of sort of people in, interacting with the archive. And I got I. It was me doing the Second World War bit, so, Brilliant. so, so you know, Eddie did Goon Show scripts. Joanna Lumley talked about knowing him and about his activism. John Antibras talked about writing the Goons, and, and and so on. And there was the section about, um, you know, his past in India, and then the and then the curry and chips, the sort of uh, the, 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 the 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 racist end of Spike's output is the I think the best way of putting it. Anyway, but they had me with the with the. With the scrapbooks in the program. And I'd forgotten how excited I was to sit there. Because he, in his scrapbooks, what he'd done is he is it it if all the photos are familiar with that people might be familiar familiar with from the memoirs are all in those books, plus a load more. All right? And also, he's got maps and photographs of the places where he fought, and he's marked them up. So um Mm. He marks up. He's got an aerial photograph of the of the hill he was on where he was mortared and then and then and then ev- uh, you know evacuated from the front line when he was going up to his op, and he's marked it on the thing. This is where I was. This is where I was blown up.
1: Yeah, okay. on the map
0: with, with with, and it's amazing. And you you yeah. know and it, and it's the thing we've talked about: mountain and valley, Italian landscape. You know, it's fascinating. There's a photograph of the ward he was the the ward he was in where he was downgraded to b minus or whatever and was was you know no longer fit for the front line there's his actual card hospital card in the scrapbook saying gunner you know gunner milligan 950254 whatever it was um uh has suffered you know is no longer um uh, fit for duty that the actual piece of paper in the scrapbook
1: wow and, and what was and, it? Eighty for January, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, was,
0: something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, it absolutely, absolutely fascinating to have the, to have these things. And and what, what's interesting about Milligan is, is the archive. The archive is quite clearly intended for use. I mean, quite by whom you don't know, but everything is but everything is logged. I mean, and one of the things the, the producer on the documentary said is he, he thinks one of the things the army did to Spike because he was a because he was a signaler. They, you know, they taught him to write everything down. They taught him to log everything because he'd he, you, log all the communications when he was in an OP or when he was on the, you know, when he was listening to the OP. You write everything down. And so the the, 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 the director's view is that basically the army turned spark, Spike into a clerk. It's one of the things it did to him. And so there's this massive archive. And he and he recorded every aspect of his life. There's a Goon Show scrapbook from like 9, 1950, 51, where he's, he's got every cutting imaginable about the program. Um, How it, interesting! It's just so interesting. But the but the 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 Second World War scrapbook is an extraordinary thing to is an extraordinary thing to look at, and they've also got some drawings. Him and his brother invented a fake country in the thirties, um, uh, and invented <laughs> uniforms for it and designed aircraft carriers and bomber oh. planes and and they're all there. There's all these amazing sketches that that that, that they had done for him, that, that him and his younger brother created a world. And it's quite interesting that the world was, you know, was uniforms and shoulder patches and all that sort yeah. of stuff because that was what was going on.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it just slight that that's interesting that that vibes plainly in the air for two boys in the tw- in the thirties. Yeah, once, once yeah, they yeah. come back from India. But I mean, it, it, the the program is the program is absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, it, it's very very moving. And uh, Jane Spike's daughter was there, and I, 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 you know, I I had to introduce the film. And uh uh and I read the bit the bit where the blow where where Spike's been blown up and there's a woman is there's a woman holding a dead baby, and it really reminded yes. me of the, the San Pietro photos we were talking
1: yes, about. Yes, 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 yes. Because
0: he says there's a woman in there's a there's a peasant woman holding a baby, the baby's been killed by a shell fragment, yeah, apparently. Her civilian clothes are up among the all among the uniforms seem out of place. So there's this 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 thing of mm. What are these civilians doing in the middle of our our war here? You know, could they bugger off, please? Is that kind of feeling? And then they're all in, and they're in a lorry, and he and and he's been blown up. And there's a guy with his army sling. He says, "There, there, mate, you'll be all right." And you get you completely get that sent that sense of that winter, of that winter, thir- forty three to forty four. The civilians caught in the crossfire. Mm. Mm. The soldiers only just keeping themselves together. Yeah, because because what's it all for? And and that that we'd been talking about that and then i was i thought well which, which passage from Spike am I going to read for this launch for this film that just felt like the absolutely perfectly fitting thing because it's the thing it's the thing we've been talking about
1: yeah yeah um, yeah,
0: yeah and you know so when's it when 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 can we see this documentary it's on, on wednesday it's on, on sky arts on wednesday and oh, i think great. sky arts is on freeview as well as on the as well as on um, well, uh, the sky jane package. very
1: sweetly sent me an email about it because i i yeah on the back of you putting me in touch with the with the Finchley archive. Yeah. I wrote to them. They forwarded it on my email to Jane. Jane replied to me because I was asking about the diaries, as you know, and the yeah. diaries apparently were sold at Bob by Bonhams. Yeah. Um, by Spike's last wife, which was a sort of, you know, on one level it was a bit of a shame. Yeah. And, um, but she did say, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, um, you know, if you want to come to the archives then please do. And I, I, I've kind of, think i do need to get up there particularly if i can go because i'm going back out to to to, to casino area in january and i think one of the places to go is to go to that route do that route that he did yeah but particularly if it's marked on the map but obviously i need to see what the map is well i mean the thing that's been been worrying me is whether the whether the the books are are are, it's just trying to kind of extract extract kind of reality from from fiction all the rest of it and you know can you can you He's sort of, you know he'd be a great person to follow in the book, but it needs to be
0: more solid, more solid than the, the, the memoirs Milligan offers. Yeah, no, Yeah, I get, so, I, so it's so it's, a, it's, a, it's,
1: it's so it's it's a question of kind of you know is that possible? And I think it probably is. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly I mean, if you get war diaries and things like that.
0: Well, what was interesting is
1: apparently I'm not his war diaries, but I mean the 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 the, uh, the, the artillery, the batteries war diaries. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Fifty-six regiment. Um, he, he what what's interesting is is um, <laughs> the director told me this story that um, so one of the one of the. One of Milligan's pals, right? Um, uh, his mother saw the, the the book come out and read the bit about her son, one of Milligan's mates, and it was all about him farting or something, some some such nonsense. So she went back to the bookshop and bought all the copies so that no one would get their hands on it she didn't want people <laughs> And the bookshop thought, oh, this is selling well, so I ordered more stock. <laughs> oh, that's
1: brilliant. Yeah, of course it did. That's hilarious. So
0: and, and and there's a lot of story. There, there was a, apparently there was some there was some sort of jostle when they first came out there's some people going i didn't do that you did that spike why have you made that about me
1: <laughs> that's hilarious
0: well also there's a there's a
1: chap in his in his uh, one of his mates is called al Field's
0: ah, yeah exactly Fildes. yeah 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 okay
1: yeah. and he's he had a diary so
0: yeah. where is that diary well who knows i mean who knows you could, maybe you could, maybe you can cross-reference. But well, maybe, maybe, point. maybe you just, maybe, maybe it's impossible. Or, uh, and there must be, there must be a 56th heavy regiment. Um, oh yeah, that,
1: that that's not a problem. So, yeah. so maybe it's just, maybe it is all durable. but yeah. slightly yeah. like running out of time, but you know.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Always running out of time, Jim. Um, should we take a quick break and then there's yeah. more to talk about. We'll be back in a second. Welcome back to We Have Ways to Make You Talk um, with me and Jim. Um, so the other thing, I've yes, you've
1: been you've be, you've been you've been you be catching up on so, some viewing, haven't you?
0: Well, basically, because I because with the old breed, um, yeah, you know, you 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 spoke logical to, next step, logical spoke next to step. Henry Sledge. I I thought I'll read Eugene Sledge, and what it made me do was watch The Pacific. And I and, and uh, here's a, a confession that may shock many: I hadn't watched The Pacific before, and never. the reason you've never watched it. No, and I'll tell you why. Um, um, when it came out, I was going through one of my. I'm not interested in the Second World War anymore. Phases. I was like, no, I can put. What? I, I was, I, I'll be interested in something else. Scott the Antarctic or something. I was like trying to not, not. I, I think I'd, I think I'd warded myself up too much, and so I passed on the Pacific. So I've watched it in the last week, and I think it is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's brilliant. Actually. I'm enjoying it more, and it may be the familiarity of of Band of Brothers that's the problem. I've seen that too many times. I'm actually enjoy. I think it's. I think it's a it's a, a kind of a more interesting piece in a way.
1: It's. I thought it was amazing. I I, I got to a screening of the first episode, first two episodes. Yeah. On the eve of it coming out, and I, so I was in a cinema, and of course, yeah. oh, the, wow. the, They and, and I remember them saying that one of the. Key people involved with sort of talking about it, and he was saying that you know when they use the weapons, they use real weapons with real blanks, and that's what. So what you're hearing is gunfire. Is gunfire, and obviously the Alligator Creek episode on Guadalcanal is is, is an amazing one, and yeah, it's incredibly loud. It's extremely loud when you're in a cinema listening to it with surround sound. I can tell yeah. you, yeah. But but I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was brilliantly acted. I thought everyone in it was cast incredibly yeah. well, and. I, but,
0: it's I mean, stunning, I, I mean, isn't it? I mean, the interesting thing is that there's 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 home front in it in the way that there isn't in um uh, yeah Band of that's Brothers. true there's none none in Band of Brothers and I, that's all I found that very interesting and I found the episodes where where they where they where they um go to Melbourne um yes I found those episodes incredibly affecting and uh, particularly the, the the relationship um Lecky has with the with the um mm. the Australian girl who who breaks up with him and he says you're breaking up with me because you think i'm going to die because i'm going to be killed aren't you and she basically says yes and i i found that i found that absolutely you know mm. utterly heartbreaking to mm. for her for him for, for 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 the goddamn universe that 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 people should find themselves in that situation and i think it's um I, th- I think it's really, really good. I also, I mean, I think it's interesting the way they sort of hand characters over, and that 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 you know, Lecky Lecky comes and goes from the story. Um, that that you you know that he's the sort of first few episodes, and then Sledge Sledgehammer comes through. I think that's very well done. That the idea that people don't go all the way through because because it's impossible. Mm. You know that you you will get invalided out. That you will you will spend time. Um, uh, recuperating and all that. I thought, I thought, I thought the the, the way it created that sort of um, complete more uh, like complete image. Yeah. Because in Band of Brothers, when people are injured, they go away. They're injured. They come. They, they go away. They come back. They reappear. Mm. Whereas in this, you know, you, you you follow him while he's recuperating. And I thought.
1: Yeah, I, 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 thought, I thought that was really good. I, I thought it was really good. I, also, I, I've got to say, I mean, having watched that and then gone to Alligator Creek and yep. gone to Bloody Ridge, you know, where's the where's the Bazelon gets his. Yeah, his Medal of Honor and that machine yeah. gun action and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. It, it's inevitably when you go there, it's sort of not quite how it is in the TV series, but 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 it was really moving because you scrape it. You're at the edge of so Bloody Rage is a sort of finger that comes out. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's jungle. You know, it's completely covered in jungle, and there's no there's no sort of bare patch really. Yeah. And So what what happened? You've got the end of the ridge, it it drops down, and then it rises up again. So the Japanese are attacking down the slope to then go up the slope again. Right. And so what what the Marines have done is at the end of that ridge, that finger, that sort of curved area, they've got lots and lots of wire and foxholes. Yeah. And it's still there. So the wire, you can see the wire still in the ground. My it's God. just amazing, and the and the foxholes. There's all these, t- the lids of these hand grenade cartons, which come in little cardboard cartons, yeah, little cylinders like yeah. a sort of baked bean tin. But but the round yeah. bit of it, the kind of yeah, the depth of it is is cardboard with a tin bottom and a tin like, top, like a Pringles tube, just like a Pringles tube just like a Pringles tube. It's exactly what it's like. So it's, it says, instead of having a plastic top, you've got a tin yeah. top.
0: Yeah.
1: and Which says hand grenade number three <laughs> yeah. or whatever in it, yeah. uh, you know, printed, D, on, printed on it. Anyway, there in the dried leaves, it's like half a dozen of them in this first foxhole I went into. Wow. And you realised that the last time someone had touched that was when they were opening the tin to hurl it at the Japanese as they were coming towards them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean really well, I mean the, 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 it was proper kind of spine tingly stuff yeah. I yeah, mean yeah, you know yeah. you thought wow this is really really it yeah. and it's such a small area it's tiny yeah. it really is tiny
0: yeah I mean I think what's 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 interesting in the, in um uh in the pacific in the way it's presented is what you don't have really as a why we fight episode there's the, the, no. the, and and so there are there are bits of it where it feels like it's it's war for its own sake that 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 you know there's a bit where they go why don't these d- damn Japs give up or whatever and it's like well because because they won't because that's who they are and you sort of think well why don't why don't you stop then but well, but but don't you think when, when you're when you're in the middle of of of
1: Peleliu and you've already been there for two weeks and it's miserable and you're making absolutely no progress and it's just this tiny yeah you know five by th- you know seven by three mile tiny speck in the ocean,
0: Yeah, Yeah. you're going to think, what the heck are we doing here, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, complete, completely. And I I think it really, it really, it really conveys, it really, really conveys that. In
1: in the same way, you know, but but in the same way that I was standing on that 700 metre high village in the middle of, uh, of, Malisa in central yeah. southern
0: Italy. Just yeah. go. What the what's heck? The, what's the point of any of this? What's yeah. the point
1: of any of this? But but yeah. but if I'm thinking that in central southern Italy, you're going to yeah. be thinking that twenty times over in, in yeah, Palau, yeah, aren't you? Or well, frankly, Guadalcanal. I mean, yeah. Guadalcanal, you sort of understand a bit more because it's quite close to Australia and stuff. But 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 Pellidou, I mean, really, Iwo Jima. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the point? The other thing I keep. The, the other thing you sort of think. You, you know that, that obviously. And From Sledge's account, that this is a that there's a lot of it that's an artillery battle, and basically, you know, that he's more what man. It, what it what it, what it it comes down to is like, you know, if you, you can keep your guns further away from their guns, you're going to win sooner, but, the, but there's not room, there's just not room on no. these tiny little, stupid little islands. No, to, to do that,
1: there's hardly any room to maneuver at all. So, and, and, you know, and the trouble is, is that you've got to go forward, and if you don't go forward. You're stuck because you've got nowhere to go back to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you're, you, you, and I think that's one of the reasons why the attritional rates are so high. And of course, you know, if you're attacking, you've got exactly the same problems you've got in Normandy, which you've got to attack over open ground. Okay. You can use crags, you can use jungle and all the rest of it, but in pretty quick order, that all gets blasted to hell. Yeah. And you've got the Japanese in these honeycomb network of mountain caves and bunkers and all the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, there's that great bit, isn't there, in um, in the in the Thin Red Line, where they're having to climb up this climb up this hill and take out this Japanese position. Brilliantly done in the film. Yeah. Um, and of course, you can't you can't see it. You can, you, 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 yeah. The first thing you would see him is when you see the little muzzle flash of a machine gun or something.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: You know, so it's just it's just terribly tough in place well, in which to attack. Well, and you know and that's a problem.
0: And if the enemy's disciplined about defending, you know, you you you, you can patrol all you want. But if they stay quiet and don't respond to you patrolling, you you will you, you you how will you ever know when when contact is likely? How will you ever know when when you're upon them or they're upon you? I mean, it's yeah, it's uh, it, and and it's just so close quarter. I think that's the thing. Yeah.
1: You know, you you can spend time where you, you know the only germs you see is when they surrender or you know dead ones as you're passing or whatever. But yeah. but with the Japanese, it's it's a much closer thing. Yeah. It's much more man-to-man, and, you know, they're doing these bansai charges with swords and all the rest of it. Yeah. It's it's very up close and personal and not in a good way. Uh, and and I think that's that's much more traumatic. It's one thing dropping bombs on, you know, on a city from 20,000 feet where you haven't got to see it, or you just see it as a little flash. It's quite another thing having someone charging at you with a sword, wanting to slice your head off. Yeah. Um, uh, and you're having to gun them down and seeing – their guts and blood splattered all over the place. Yeah. I mean, that that's a totally different kettle of fish, yeah. and it's why and, so many of them are traumatised and, the un- bat- and
0: And the battlefield is so fiercely contested that they're shooting at, They're shooting at your stretcher bearers. You're, you know, um, uh, the, the the dead are absolutely everywhere, and yeah. there's nothing you can do about them. And I everyone says, that- you
1: know, no quarter was 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 given, yeah. Yeah. A,
0: a, and and you can understand that, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is that thing. It is that thing, though, that when there's when there's no room for manoeuvre, your only option your only option is to, to 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 attack the other side head on. You can't flank. There is no there's no flanking no. to be had. No. Everything is everything is. I mean, it's essentially everything's at the point of the bayonet in the end, isn't it? It's um exactly it, that. It, it, it's uh, yeah. I, but but I, I I mean I'm absolutely I'm loving um Eugene Sledge's book. I, I, I and we talked about it last time around. I, I I found it sort of how sort of naked it is in its descriptions of what's yeah. going on. Really, really. Really, very, very powerful. And then I think the, I think the TV program they've done it in, in the Pacific. They do an excellent job of conveying that. I also well, Henry, Henry
1: was interesting about that because Henry yeah. Henry felt that the guy who played him, you know, got the spirit of him. You know, felt really? it was about right.
0: Really, yeah. Because what's interesting. really interesting is they're all scrawny blokes in in the Pacific. They're, there's there's no one who's there's no one who's because I caught the last five minutes of SAS Rogue Heroes last night as I waited for the news, and they're all well. There are some skinny lads in that, but there's quite a few sort of beefcakes. And, well,
1: Jack and, O'Connell's a beefcake, isn't he? Yeah,
0: but but, but you know what I mean. We're, 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 we're hench people, to use yeah. the, the, the current parlance. And I thought it was quite interesting that, quite interesting that in the Pacific there are, there's basically no one like that. They're, they're all, they're all little wiry blokes, which I think is quite an achievement, really. Because although it's twenty years old, isn't it now? The Pacific, I guess.
1: Yeah, gotta got be getting. But on it's for realistic
0: that, yeah. in that sense, you know. Fe- felt realistic for that. Um, yeah, really.
1: I thought it was. I thought it was absolutely excellent. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely going to give it another airing ring. I must say, cause it's been yeah. a. It's been a couple of years. We've been doing all this specific chit chat. It does make
0: you. Well, well I just. Back yeah, to I, it. I think I might. Uh, it's quite nice to have a breather from Northwest Europe, to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, good, 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 Pacific. Have you ever read The Narrow Road to the Deep North? No. Oh man, that's such a novel. Okay. Won the Booker Prize. It's absolutely just. Completely and utterly brilliant. In fact, I know we don't really do, we don't really do fiction on on Weird Ways, <laughs> but 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 if we ever did do fiction, Richard Flanagan would be someone to get in. Yeah, it'd be fascinating. I'd love to know how he researched it and how he did it because it's it's so brilliantly done. And yeah. I've got to say, from a historical point of view, I thought it was faultless. I have to say, well,
0: funnily enough, yesterday it's a back- really,
1: really it's a it's a totally compelling, totally tragic,
0: utterly just.
1: Devastating novel.
0: Yeah. Well, I was yesterday. I was walking back from Camden, uh, from Chalk Farm through Camden, and the Burma Railway Memorial is there in in, no in Camden. Yeah.
1: How interesting. I wonder why it's there. I don't.
0: There must be a reason. I I I imagine there is a reason. But I I I was you know it was a sort of oh what's this? Oh right, it's the Burma Railway, and there were there were there were wreaths on it, and, and and I don't think it was. I don't think it's. Burma Railway Memorial for for people who, for the London Borough of Camden. I don't think, I don't think, uh, you know, which is always possible. Yes, it's next to Mornington Crescent Tube. Sure. What do you know? Yeah.
1: Well, you're in for a treat with this book. It's really deeply affecting, thought-provoking, all those sort of things. And just the, God, the jungle scenes are just amazing.
0: Well, I will... I will, I'll give that a read. Um, yeah. By the way, yesterday I went to oh, yeah. well, the reason I was in Canada is I went to a, I went, I had two hours to kill on Sunday morning. So I went to a model show and it was very, <laughs> it was very sweet. There's a bloke, he goes, um, cause he's got, he's got this very, he had a very nice diorama with three Cromwells and a firefly and, uh, with the men all on parade, which you don't often see. They're like being inspected. And I said, oh, you know, uh, they got their, they're taking delivery of their firefly. They goes yes, but of course the thing with a firefly. I've read that man. What's his name? James Watson. I've read his book about the um, you know the people in Sherman's in the in the on the on D Day. I said you yeah, you know, what? you know. I said yeah, James Holland's brothers in, Brothers in Arms about the Sherwood Ranger Yeomanry. Yeah, that's it, that's it. And the seventy five was a perfectly good gun for dealing with the tiger. You all oh, he it's had to do. Was, Come on, it's, all he had to do was pound the rounds out and keep the keep their hatches down. You could deal with it. All,
1: all he had to do. All you had to do, just keep firing.
0: Well, all you had to do is. Piece of cake. But, but all you had to do brings. <laughs> the thing is, um, I, I, uh, uh, that all you had to do thing is the thing I keep thinking about. Um, when we when we talked to Andy H.erson the other day, I, I told you that Darren Brown story. Oh, yeah. About Darren Brown playing chess against 12 people at once. Yeah.
1: Right. All you got to do.
0: And I said, all you had to do, Darren, was memorize 12 chess games and play them all at once. Yeah. And he goes, all I had to do. <laughs> And I think very often with a lot of these things, all the allies had to all the allies had to do was like completely turn all of their global industry around to creating more arms than the Germans, yeah. and then and then destroy German industry. That's all they had to do. Yeah, in fact, it
1: wasn't really fair
0: anyway. <laughs> it's all they had to do, though, Jim. All the, all the all the all the British had to do was rely on their really good artillery to. Um, if that's all they had to do. Yeah, it's all they had to do, and I think that's all they had to do. Is like the it should be the that should be the sort of. Um, Maybe that's a maybe that's a T-shirt. That's all they had to do.
1: Along with well, what? Well, along with triple D. Yeah,
0: exactly. D-Day
1: Dunkirk. Dunkirk D-Day. Dunkirk D-Day. If you're just a Dunkirk D-Day kind of man, <laughs> then, you know.
0: All he had to do was leave Northern <laughs> France and then return to it. That's all he had to do. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so and what we should do is just have kind of you know, should be a poster with lots of sort of ships and stacks of ships and factories. Yeah, and
0: exactly, exactly. That's all he had to do.
1: Sherman's coming off production line. <laughs> Actually, the, poster, the picture we should use is that amazing picture of all the Shermans going onto the um, onto the landing ships at Berserta.
0: Yeah,
1: do you know one yeah. in mean, sort of yeah, June yeah. nineteen forty three?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's That's SD. a
1: brilliant line. Really, really good line.
0: <laughs> but that was it. That was it. So it's that thing where Darren was playing chess with twelve people at once. And what he'd do is remember what one guy did. He'd remember what player six did, and then use it on player one. And he and he'd go around the circle like that. So, and I I I I, I knew a guy who used to you know uh work for him and, and and i said to and so i'm hanging out with this guy and with darren i go oh yeah all, all darren had to do was the and darren's like all i had to do was <laughs> memorize 12 games of chess and then play them <laughs> just because well, you can tell what the trick is doesn't mean you could do it yourself that's the no exactly yeah,
1: yeah well the other thing i've been looking at is i've been looking at these two diaries of these um fighter pilots in Italy and mm. in, in JG fifty three, which has just been yeah. so interesting because they're in a they're in a place called Grasinesea, which is I, I went to back in early October when I was doing my tour around, and yeah. it's just um it's 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 just totally flat as a board there. You can see the hills in the distance, but it's yeah you know this is this is on the on the Volturno, just south of the Volturno, yeah, close to the coast. You know, four or five miles in from the coast, something like that. You know, between grazanzer and capua yeah and um these they're they're they hundred percent intense everything is intense there's not not a building anywhere, slit trenches everywhere there's a whole load of color photographs of of the second group of Yankishwada fifty three yeah. yeah at this airfield, and it is just brittle bleached grass and clay and dust, amazing and holes in the ground. Yeah. And the command post for each of the Staffelm is a kind of, you know, it's like a sort of shepherd's hut on wheels. It's that yeah. kind of thing. And their dispersal is an awning. So it's not even a tent. So it's got posts at the front and it's just, you know, yeah. attached to the ground at the back. And there's a couple of old, you know, there's a couple of camp beds and rugs on the ground. They're all wearing shorts. And of course, they've got absolutely no chance whatsoever. And what's really interesting is neither of my guys managed to shoot down anything in right. the time that I'm looking at their diaries. Really? Not a thing, not a thing.
2: Not and a every sausage. single time
1: there's this one guy called Robert Googleberger, and he <laughs> arrives in mid July. <laughs> yeah. And he arrives on the, let's say for argument's sake, he arrives on the 17th of July. Yeah. In Sicily. Can you, I mean, you know, Camiso or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Next day's in the air. So, you know, by this stage, you know, what are the hundred hours, hundred and ten hours, hundred twenty hours? If you're lucky, yeah. but but you know, everything is being so stretched. Yeah, your yeah. whole training program is stretched out because it's you know a lot of the time you're combating weather, yeah, congested airspace, yeah, lack of fuel, yeah, yeah. lack of parts. You yeah. know, you're more likely to crash and kill yourself in landing because there aren't enough ground crew to look after them properly. You know, <laughs> you have to make do and yeah. mend. Yeah. So so just just the fact that you've actually got to Sicily in the first place is quite an achievement. Yeah. Then, then you've got to kind of survive your first sortie. If you get through the kind of first week, then odds are you're okay. But what's really interesting is he, he describes very, very carefully about, you know, so so I saw these lightnings, uh, you know, sort of thousand feet below me. So I, I peeled off and dived down behind one. But by the time I got down there, he turned in towards me and he was open firing on me. So I had to veer off and kind of, you know, I then yeah. dived out of the way, then climbed up again, sort of stooged around. I could see a little fight Going out at sea, and there's another dogfight going on. Eventually, I saw some some lightnings coming back towards the coast. So yeah. I thought, okay, well, I'll dive on them. But again, they turned on me before before I could get in a good firing position. So <laughs> I then had to dive again. You know, I was doing 750 kilometers an hour. Never thought I was going to pull out, but eventually I did, just about. Um, and then I'd run out of fuel, so I went home.
0: You wow. know, it's so, that's amazing.
1: It's he's achieving precisely nothing. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely nothing but from putting his neck on the line every single time he gets in an aircraft. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because they're not, they're not, they're not in control of the airspace at all. So not at all,
1: not at all. And so it's just everything about it just gets everything about the situation favors the attacker, yeah, and doesn't favor the defender. And yeah. I think it's really interesting because because unlike on Peleliu or crossing a field in Normandy, where absolutely the you know. Defence absolutely is the easier task. Yeah. That is not the case in this instant. No, no. At all. So you've got this sort of – your training isn't as good as your enemies. Your facilities aren't as good as your enemies. Yeah. You haven't got the number that your enemy has. Yeah. So all you're doing when you're taking off is
0: firefighting. You're, you're, you're actually achieving very, very little. You're in a permanent state of reaction. And, 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 permanent and, state of reaction. And, exactly. no, and no, no initiative at all. Whereas, whereas in fact – on land you can defend and the other side has to take the initiative doesn't it they have to take the initiative and so yeah. you so you, you you don't you let them you let them come whereas yeah. this isn't a situation where they're letting the allied air forces come at them yeah you, ca- you can't do that you can't afford to do the aerial combat in a way to, i suppose formalized over the, the bomber campaigns over northwest europe it, it becomes a sort of formalized thing, doesn't it? Where there are yeah. raids, and you know where they're likely to go, so yeah. you have a net, you have a thing built. But the Germans aren't anywhere close to that no. in, in Italy. It's completely beyond their capability.
1: Completely. So, 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 yeah. So, so they're suddenly scrambled. Yeah, run to the, run to their machines. Off they go. Climb as quickly as they possibly can. There's a radio. There is a ground controller on the radio yeah. saying, you know, yeah, enemy bombers coming towards you know in the direction of Capua, but it could yeah. be going anyway. I mean, yeah. and, and then, then Grasiniza gets really, really badly bombed. And they've just been out once that day. They get scrambled again. Yep. Yeah. By the time they get to their planes, it's too late. The bombers are kind of, you know, the first bursts are kind of exploding at the edge of the airfield. Yeah. So they jump out of their planes again, jump into the slit trenches. And there's this guy called Gerhard Varg who's in the sixth staffel, so also second group. And this huge explosion nearby you know the whole ground just sort of pulses covered in grit yeah they can't get out of there there's one way of getting out of their state trench they managed to get out of just avoid being buried alive and they see that there's a there's a huge crater literally 10 feet from where they've been which has gone in i mean it's just horrific yeah yeah and pointless yeah,
0: yeah. But anyway, it's all been very interesting well, all they had to do was get organised. That's all they had to do. <laughs> that's they had to do. <laughs> Sort <laughs> it out. <laughs> um,
2: that's well, probably enough waffle for
0: one I day. I think yeah. we've been around the houses there, fairly, fairly thoroughly. Don't forget, uh, we have Ways Fest. Tickets are available for independent company members now on the Patreon. They're available until the twelfth, and then and then the, the great washed are allowed to come. Um, although by the Sunday with the glamping, they might be unwashed. Um, so it's a full <laughs> day on the Friday, the eighth. Full day Saturday, and then tanks on the going boom on the Sunday morning. Um and of course beer and food and entertainment and chats. A lot um, of fun. We we will see you all again very, very soon. Thank you very much for listening. Bye bye. Cheerio.